and welcome back sports fans it's another episode of coach hess's sports corner i am your host coach donnie hess here back as always with my faithful co-host mr brad crossed brad how are you doing sir it's great to see you after technical difficulties kept us from doing an episode last week i, I blame the cold i, I blame the frigid cold or, or something along that line but uh, i'm doing well donnie it, it's been quite a hectic last couple of weeks uh I got to go up to the USA versus Honduras World Cup qualifier in frigid St. Paul, Minnesota. That was a that was, that was quite the experience. I, I know that you were watching it on TV, so you'll have to tell me how it was on TV. But it, it was a very incredible atmosphere given the circumstances. The temperature at kickoff was a very brisk minus one minus one degree Fahrenheit, which is about minus eighteen Celsius, and that was just a kickoff. It, it got down to around minus nineteen Celsius. Uh, toward the latter parts of the game, which is absolutely insane. But getting getting to go down with a buddy of mine, getting to meet up with a couple of other friends from Des Moines, having a great time. And then seeing the U.S. win 3-0. Got to see Pulisic score, McKenney score, both of them. Uh, I've seen him score twice in two different games this window. So uh, I might be a bit of a good luck charm for old Christian Pulisic and Wes McKinney. So. Oh, I, I sure, I sure hope so. But let, let's let's save a little bit of that talk for a little bit later on. Let's jump right into our normal game plan. We will start off with football, as he said. We have USA World Cup qualifying to talk about. We have domestic results. Afcon has come; it has gone. Who is the African Cup of Nations champion? And in there, it's back. It's back. Champions League, Europa League, and Europa Conference get started this week how excited are you we jump from there from football to basketball an insanely crazy rivalry weekend this last week we got to talk some of the big games some of the upsets some of the changes in the rankings that have happened in college basketball and some of the games looking forward to we got to talk nhl but we're going to just tack a chat real quickly about what we do or don't like about the all-star game and then jump from there to the aflw another round is done we've missed a couple episodes so we're going to kind of quickly go over last round how the ladder is looking and go from there and we always end as per always our episode with brad's crazy stat of the week we got a jam-packed episode let's get right into it domestic league football is now all back from all of the christmas league breaks let's jump right in to it let's jump to let's let's go to the predictable one and get it get it out of the way really quickly we'll go to france as per usual psg at the top of the table a 16 point lead now over marseille yes marseille has got a game in hand but you can't win 16 points in one game we look over some of the recently passed results from the last round marseille with a 5-2 win over angers psg with a big 5-1 win over lille ren get a 2-0 win over brest clermont beat nice 2-0 saint etienne with a big 3-1 win over montpellier and monaco with a win over Lyon. we look at france again it's kind of Come see, come saw. It's what we always expect. But looking at some of these results here, I mean, do we see any way of anybody catching PSG, or is this more of a challenge to see who's going to make the Champions League spots? Yeah, I think it's really just going to come down to the final Champions League spot, and then I, I'm really interested to see how the relegation picture turns out. I mean, San Etienne down there in eight with 18 points on 23 matches played. But if you go from down there all the way up to 15th with Claremont, they're only on 24 points. So there's only six points separating 15th and 20th in the table. So it's going to be very interesting to see who's able to stay up and who is going to be going down to Ligue 2 in France. It's going to be very interesting. I think that 
One of the games that really caught one of the results that really caught my eye was PSG getting a 5-1 win on the road. Messi coming back from his COVID fight. He gets a goal. Mbappe gets a goal. Kimpembe gets one. Pereira gets two. I mean, this is all on the road, and it was against Lille, the defending champion. So it's no walkover game. No, no matter how bad they've been this season, Lille are a very good team. They, they're not they're not as bad as their record shows. They've got a lot of talent there, especially Jonathan David up top, Van Arfa, Tim Weah, all of those guys. But PSG just rampaging their way through the league right now on 59 points, only one loss for them. I think you can pretty much wrap the title race up and we're pretty much just going to be talking about the rest of the European spots. Yeah. And I think that unfortunately that's kind of the way the French league has kind of become now that PSG has all that backing. So let's jump to a league that is kind of similar. We, we hate to say it. And that's the Bundesliga where our, 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 our awesome co-host is a huge Bayern Munich fan. And as per usual, Bayern Munich at the top of the table, a nine point lead over Dortmund and a nice little gap between Dortmund and Leverkusen. Let's really quickly take a, take a look at the last, some of the last rounds results. And I, and I see the big upset Leverkusen knocking off Dortmund five to Bayern getting a scratchy, tough win over Leipzig three to Stuttgart falling to Frankfurt 3-2 and Wolfsburg finally getting a win over Günther Fürth 4-1. So really quickly, I mean, again, Bayern's going to win this league. Looks like Dortmund's going to finish second. But the fight there looks to be there for those final two Champions League spots as look at that little Union Berlin is even with Leipzig and we and they still have a game in hand. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel like... Uh... When it, whenever somebody says, oh, Byron's already wrapped up the league that they're trying to kind of like do a little bit of a reverse psychology, like I've done with West Coast Eagles being like, oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're going to lose all that type of stuff and hope for the opposite happen. But it, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Byron, that yes, they're doing well right now. They're going to be battling a little bit of an injury crisis, though, because Manuel Neuer has just gone out with a knee injury. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So you don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. Similar with Alfonso Davies, he's still recovering from his myocarditis as a result of COVID over winter break so he's still out don't know when he'll be back but i think the big one really came like like you said when leverkusen went to the signali luna park and got a 5-2 result over dortmund and that kind of opened up the table a little bit getting leverkusen up into third a little bit closer to dortmund and then leipzig and union are going to be fighting for that fourth spot it seems like because union are, are hanging on they've, they've been doing very very well as have Freiburg, they're very close as well. They're on 33 points, Cologne on 32, and Hoffenheim on 31. I mean, if you look going through the table, if you look from fourth down to 10th, from Leipzig to Mainz, it's only a four-point gap right now. And then if we include the result that happened today, a 3-1 win for Leipzig over Cologne, it's going to be very interesting to see how Leipzig is able to get on with these last couple of games. They fired Jesse Marsh halfway through the season. Sad to see the American manager get released from his duties but they are really rebounding well. And then the likes of, like I said, Union, Freiburg, Cologne, these little engines that could in a way they're, they're fighting for those champions league and Europa league and Europa qualifying spots. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they all get on. Yeah, fascinating. And, and unfortunately Union Berlin's gift in this upcoming round on Super Bowl Sunday is Union Berlin versus Dortmund at home. So who knows? Maybe if Union can get a result here, they jump into the Champions League spots. How awesome would that be for this little this little Berlin club? Let's jump down south 
to Italy, where we've got a little bit of a challenge. And, and this is crazy to see a one point gap between first and third with Inter one point up on Napoli and AC Milan. Juventus has made the great trek back into the Champions League spots. Still only two points ahead of Atalanta who have a game in hand there in fifth. And let's look at some of the fixtures that happened this last week. Milan getting a big 2-1 win over Inter. Sampdoria beating Sassuolo 4-0. Juventus getting a 2-0 win really quickly. Napoli getting a 2-0 win over over, uh, Venezia. And Lazio getting a 3-0 win over Fiorentina and Calgary getting a 2-1 win over Atalanta. So we look at Inter. I mean, this is this is very awesome to see that the, the Scudetto is still up for grabs this far into the season. And with, with so many different possibilities right now, three teams in the running to win the Scudetto. It's game on. And the 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 matchup, the Maronina Derby, the Milan over inter result really through the gates open for anybody to be able to go through. So now inter are going to be really in need of constant results. And especially with the likes of Milan getting, getting that win, Juve getting the addition of Dusan Vlahovic, who is one of the big time transfer targets over this past winter window. He gets and gets a goal on debut for Juventus. So I, I think Juve is going to be very tough to beat. Napoli and Milan have shown that they're very tough to beat. So Inter are going to be are going to need to be very steadfast. They're going to need to keep grinding out results and it's not going to get any easier for them. So they actually play Napoli on Saturday at 11 o'clock. So you have one V two in the league and that's going to be a very interesting game. If Inter can bounce back and get the win, then they'll get a little bit of a gap between themselves and second, third and fourth. But if Napoli wins, they go top and it'll be very interesting to see if, if Napoli can beat Inter and go top of the table, if that is going to be able to hold or if, if they're going to fall right back down. And then on Sunday, I mean, go all the way to 145 and you got Atalanta versus Juventus. So we're going to have a very, very big weekend in Serie A. Great little pregame for the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, man, I've been looking at it. Some of the football matches this weekend, especially on Super Bowl Sunday, man, it is going to get a sports weekend on on Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be absolutely at and and that Atalanta Juventus game. It's a six point game for that last spot in the Champions League. So this is a massive, massive game for both teams to try to cement themselves into European play next year. We jump from there. Let's go down, go to uh, over to Spain and La Liga, where we see. As per usual, Real Madrid near the top, but oh my gosh, look at look who we have now in fourth. Barcelona has jumped up and gotten back into the Champions League spot. They do only have a two point lead over Atletico, but they're still there. They're still there. They're still poking their heads in there. Real Betis still in third, just a full 10 points behind Sevilla. So right now it's hard to say right now, Real Madrid and Sevilla might be the only two teams vying for the Spanish league championship, but Betis there with Barcelona in the two champions league spots. How awesome would it be to see Real Betis find their way into the champions? League? It would be incredible. They got to bounce back from a two nil defeat at home to Villarreal, but it was a very interesting and a very well fought game by Barcelona getting, Jordi Alba, Gavi, Araujo, and Alves all on the score sheet, and they end up going and beating Atleti at home, even though Luis Suarez, the former Barca player, was able to get a goal for Atleti. 
it, it's going to be very interesting to see how Javi can get this group going together once again. They brought in a couple of fresh faces. They brought in Obama Young, Adama Traore. How will they get on and how will they integrate themselves into this Barcelona team? It's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, definitely for sure. And it'll definitely be fascinating to see how it goes. And with Barcelona, how they hold on to this will we'll definitely how we see on that big four, two wins. It's hard to argue that they're, they're not hitting their stride. Let's jump to it. Let's jump to the EPL where things just keep getting more and more interesting. I think we had kind of discussed it early, earlier on in the podcast a few weeks ago that Man City pretty much have put themselves in a nice shot to win this title. But Liverpool is starting to crawl themselves back into this Champions League, back in with a chance to win this Premiership. Yes, they're nine points back, but they still have a game in hand. They get that one, it's down to two, and they still have to play each other. So we'll definitely have to see. Man City is a machine. It's really, really hard to beat this Man City team, but you just never know. We look at some of the results from this past week. West Ham getting a big one to win over Watford, Newcastle beating Everton. So maybe is Newcastle starting to, after some of their new recruits come in, are they starting to get themselves back into the contention to get out of the relegation zone? A big win by Southampton on at, on the road at Tottenham three, two, Unfortunately, Man City beat my 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 upset special in the Brentford Bees and Liverpool getting a big win over Leicester City two to nil. I, I look at this table and I go, I think Man City might win this title, but I think Liverpool is going to do their darndest to make sure Liverpool, Man City has to win it. They're not going to be given it. Yeah, definitely. I think you, you can never count out this Liverpool team. You, you always have to think that they're going to be in contention. It's going to be. Really interesting on April 9th, that's when Manchester City played Liverpool in the league at the Etihad, and that very well could end up being a title decider. But what I'm really interested to see is the battle for fourth. We have West Ham in fourth right now on 40 points. Arsenal with two games in hand on 39 points sitting in fifth. And then Manchester United with one game in hand on 39 points as well. Right below them. Tottenham with three games in hand on West Ham because they had a little bit of a COVID pause. They're sitting on 36 points. So that fourth spot is very much up for grabs right now. And there are several clubs that are going to be vying for that spot. And over the next couple of days, it's going to be very interesting to watch Norwich is going to be hosting Manchester city. And if Norwich has started to prove a little bit of people wrong, and they've been trying to fight their way out of relegation, they could potentially cause problems for Manchester city down at Carroll road. Everton playing leads a first home game for Frank Lampard as manager of the Toffees. Manchester United at home against Southampton. Liverpool play a very tough Burnley team at Turf Moor who just managed to get that 1-1 draw against Manchester United. And then I think for me, a really interesting game is going to be Newcastle versus Aston Villa. We've been talking about Newcastle getting up out of that relegation zone, but at the same time, Aston Villa, with Philippe Coutinho and Steven Gerrard, that combination once again is really starting to pay dividends for them. And if they can kind of work their way up and cause Newcastle some problems, that could be a very interesting game. Yeah, definitely for sure. And I think that's going to do it for our domestic. And as we kind of said in the preview, here we go. European football is back let's jump right into it we have four games this week coming up in the champions league let's run through each of them really really quickly sporting hosting man city psg hosting real madrid the battle of the titans in that one 
Salzburg hosting your beloved Bayern Munich and Inter hosting Liverpool. What's the game that you want to watch? And what's the game that you're, you're thinking, keep an eye out. We could see an upset. I think you can't count out sporting against Manchester city. I mean, you, you always talk about Portuguese teams in the champions league being known to cause problems. So I think that's going to be a very interesting one to watch. Of course, I'm going to be watching Bayern play Salzburg. Can never get too, you know, you can't get too ahead of yourself and think, oh, it's going to be an easy game. Brendan Aronson's been lighting it up for Salzburg this season. It's been really fun to get to watch Aronson play this year. So Bayern definitely has to be wary of Salzburg's abilities, especially if there's going to be no Manuel Neuer in goal. It's going to be very tough. And then I think for me, I think you, you can't look past PSG versus Real Madrid. I mean, that that's the clash, like you said, clash of the Titans, big money clubs. You got Lionel Messi playing against Real Madrid once again, and we could potentially see Sergio Ramos, the longtime Real Madrid captain who lifted three Champions Leagues as captain for them in a fourth with Iker Casillas as well. Going back or playing against Real Madrid once again, it'll be in Paris, but it'll be very fun to get to watch that game and how the star power of that game collides with each other so I, I think for me I, I think I would expect to see a Manchester City win I think PSG will be able to squeak out a 2-1 against Real Madrid I'm going to go ahead and say Bayern to beat Salzburg but you can't I, I'm not I don't want to jinx anything so you got to be really really careful about that I think we could see a draw in Inter versus Liverpool I think that Inter are going to be playing a lot of really big league games back to back to back and then you've got Liverpool on top of it. They might hit a little bit of a stagnant point. They, they might not perform at their best. And I think that that one is going to end up being a draw. But I, I think that we got four very tasty matchups here. I, I'm, I'm with you. And most of those results, I, I even agree with you, the Liverpool intermatch. Liverpool, for some reason, they go on the road and they're not, not as sharp. So if they can come out of Italy with a draw going back, going back home. It's almost like a win for Liverpool because you know that they're going to have the fan support going back to that home ground where they are absolutely electric. So it's so great to see Champions League football back here. Let's jump it to, we've also have Europa League football, which just looking at some of these matchups, if you wouldn't have told me that these were Europa League matchups, I'd have thought these were Champions League matchups because the first one right off the bat, 11:45, Barcelona at home in the Camp Nou and Napoli. Holy shnikes, what a great way to start off this Europa League. We also have Dortmund taking on Glasgow Giant Rangers in Dortmund, Atalanta, Olympiacos, Leipzig, Real Sociedad, Porto hosting Lazio, Sevilla hosting the Croatian Dynamo Zagreb, Sheriff, our lovely little club that we loved to take on Portuguese team Braga, and Zenit St. Petersburg hosting Real Betis. I look at these matchups, it's hard not to say that Barcelona and Napoli is not the most intriguing, but let's, let's take that one out just for really quick. What's another matchup that you're looking going? I cannot wait to watch this game. I'm really interested to watch Porto via Lazio. I, I think that the, the atmosphere at the Dragao is very, very high level and the Portuguese fans are going to be lovely. And then Lazio playing against them. They've been a really tough team to play against in Serie A this year. So I, I think that that could be a very even matched game. And then it'll be interesting to see how Rangers bounce back. They lost 3-0 to a certain Donny Hess's beloved Glasgow Celtic uh, in the old firm this past week. Uh, how they bounce back against Borussia Dortmund, who themselves are coming off of a big loss. So you got two teams 
that are really going to be trying to prove themselves. I think that this could end up turning into a bit of a goal fest, that one, because I think both teams are really going to be looking to get a win and both teams are going to be desperate to show that they're, they're not who they looked like when they got beaten by three goals respectively. So I, I think that Dortmund Rangers and Porto Lazio are going to be the two for me to watch out for. On the Dortmund Rangers game, I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, and thankfully, and I hate saying this is like acid coming out of my mouth here. Rangers did bounce back and get a big four 0 win over Hearts this weekend, so they kind of they kind of got themselves back. But that is not an easy test going to the yellow wall in Dortmund. I, I think Dortmund's just got a little too much for this Rangers team. There, there's quality on this Rangers team, and I don't think they have Dortmund's quality. I I, I want to look at Atalanta Olympiacos. Olympiacos is always a Greek team that gives teams troubles. Atalanta is the little engine that could, that, that has found this style of play that everybody loves watching. It's very attack-minded. It'll be fun to see these two teams get after it, especially in Italy. And Leipzig Real Sociedad, a couple of teams that have, they're not there like champions in their leagues, but they are solid, really good football teams in their respective countries. It'll be absolutely fantastic to see these two teams clash heads. And then I, I'll say it. I There's a little part of my heart, Sharif Braga. I want to see, can Sharif rekindle the magic that they started the Champions League with and kind of lost it there for the end? But those wins got them into the Europa League. So who knows? You just never know. We jump from the Europa League to the Europa Conference League which I think has got some pretty tasty matchups themselves. Let's do PSV versus Maccab Tel Aviv, Fenerbahce versus Slavia Praha, Rapid VN versus Vitesse, Micheland versus Pauk, Leicester City versus Ronders, Marseille versus Karabakh FC, Sparta Prague versus Partizan, and Celtic versus Boto Glint. Now, I mean, most people that have listened to this podcast know I am very much a Celtic head, so that Boto no. Glint... Yeah, I know. It was such yeah. a surprise. Something I think that's. TV. I I think this. I think this could be a fantastic matchup because both teams like to score. The biggest thing will be is how how does Bodo Glint um, come into this because they're just getting their season started, and they've sold off a few of their assets. So we'll see how does that happen. The first game will be in Celtic Park. How does Bodo Glint handle sixty thousand? absolutely insane on a european night it's always interesting to see how some teams handle it some teams handle it better than others so i really want to see that psv macon tel aviv i think could be an absolutely fantastic one and it's hard to go by um michelin pauk i think could be another absolute dandy on that day is there any game that's, that's poking its head out that you really want to keep an eye on Fenerbahce versus Slavia Praha for me is going to be very interesting. Fenerbahce, the Turkish fans are very, very passionate, and the atmospheres at Turkish games are incredible, especially on European nights. So Slavia Praha, we've seen them cause problems for team in Europe before. So I think that that could be a really tough game. And then and then Sparta Praha against Partizan as well. I think that's going to be a very tough one for Sparta to handle Partizan as well. So I think those two are going to be really big for myself. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fantastic. The Europa Conference League again. It it is not it is not hindering in quality sides there. So it'll be fantastic to see how that one turns out. We jump we jump from that from domestic football. Let's go to some international football before we get into World Cup qualifying. I know you and I want to talk USA. Let's go to the African Cup of Nations. Unfortunately, it has come. It has gone. It is already over, and, and you have to say it was marred by some rather interesting refereeing decisions? Oh, I think that's putting it lightly. I think um, 
At the end, we, we should say real quick, Senegal ended up winning it. Senegal beat Egypt in the final in a penalty shootout. We got to see Sadio Mane score the winning penalty for Senegal against his club teammate, Sadio, or against his club teammate, Mohamed Salah of Egypt. Uh, I think the, it, the game itself was very intriguing, very interesting back and forth. But I, I think that the, the refereeing decisions and some of the other off-field things that, that kind of marred the tournament are going to kind of overshadow Senegal's triumph a little bit, specifically the tragedy at the National Stadium in Cameroon where multiple people lost their lives in a crush. It was very, very sad and very disheartening to see as well as that questionable refereeing that we were talking about a couple of times. I mean, you, you never want a tournament like this to be overshadowed by certain things that you know can be prevented. But unfortunately, the CAF, the, the Confederation of African Football, wasn't able to properly handle these situations to the point where we're going to be talking about them as the main talking points of AFCON as opposed to the beautiful football that was played. Yeah, and that's and it's it really stinks that such a great it's such a great tournament with, with with some upsets. I mean, so many teams that we weren't expecting to to poke their heads into the semifinals and the quarterfinals. Burkina Faso, exactly. I mean, it was Nigeria. insane, exactly. And the fact that Algeria, a team that had won the thing, wasn't even in this. I mean, it's so many. So Nigeria wasn't there. Algeria Ghana. wasn't there. Ghana wasn't there. Cote, the, the Ivory Coast was not there so it, it this show turned the Af- into anybody's tournament i mean it really it really at exactly. the end became a tournament where you could have seen any of the teams who got to the quarterfinals or the last four win i mean it was very interesting to see the likes of burkina faso and gabon playing each other in the knockout round mm-hmm. i mean it, it was awesome to get to see the the fans from all across africa come together and have a great big celebration of football but it, it was unfortunately marred by several things off the field so yeah it's unfortunate it's still an incredible tournament and again senegal is, is one heck of a team i think they're definitely going to be one of those teams that definitely they were represent. my dark horse to win from the start and i'm very very kind of patting myself on the back that i nailed the senegal prediction so it was very very nice to see that happen fantastic let's jump let's let's jump out of the darkness we'll jump into some, some bright spots shall we say for for you and i i mean it's pretty obvious we're both americans so we're pretty happy this last world cup qualifying window went pretty well a little bit of a hiccup in canada let, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there a little bit of a hiccup in canada but six points out of a potential nine and they still set four points over that that fourth point points over Panama they are in second place overall in the octagonal how confident are you that this U.S. team will qualify and then it kind of I, I go off of it I mean you were at the game I mean is this a team that's going to qualify are we are we at all worried knowing that our, our back half our final three games are Mexico at Azteca at, at home against Panama down in Orlando and then a very difficult road trip down to Costa Rica, our final three games to qualify for this next upcoming World Cup. So it's kind of the typical CONCACAF formula, right? Win your, win your home games and don't lose your away games. If we do that, we're in. It, if we drop the home game against Panama, then we could be in some trouble. But if, if we take a look at the octagonal right now, we've got Canada on top of 25 points. They're 99.9% in. I mean – they are the best team in CONCACAF right now. There is no debate. They, they are 100% far and away the best team in CONCACAF. They're going to get in. USA and Mexico are second and third on 21 points. Panama on 17 in fourth. 
Costa Rica in fifth on 16 points. The top three automatically go. The fourth goes to an intercontinental playoff. So realistically speaking, yes, the United States should get to the World Cup. But having said that, we remember Cuba. We remember Trinidad in 2017. We remember the nightmare that happened there. So unfortunately, anything is possible. However, if, if we can go in and get at least a point at Mexico, then we come back to the home game against Panama. And if we win that game, we'll be in. So in all, for all intents and purposes, yes, the United States should get to the World Cup. How they will do if, they, if and when they make it to the World Cup is a whole other thing for another time. But right now, the, the U.S. has had a couple of hiccups in qualifying. They, they've lost to Canada and Panama. They managed to beat Mexico. They beat, they beat Costa Rica. They beat El Salvador. They beat Jamaica at home. They beat Honduras twice. So in, in all senses, this team should get to the World Cup, and they should be a team that's going to be difficult to play against. However... We, we all know what can happen. So we, we can't take any team lightly going to Mexico, getting a win has never been done before. We've never beaten Mexico at Azteca in a world cup qualifier. Costa Rica has historically been extremely tough to play against in Costa Rica, especially in world cup qualifying. So anything can happen, but if all things go according to plan and I, I pray that they do, then the U.S. should be able to get to the World Cup, but it's going to be very interesting. Okay, I'm look. I'm looking at the fixtures right now, and, and here's the ray of sunshine that I see. And again, this this is the forever optimist. This is the optimist in me. I'm looking at the fixtures really quickly. So yes, we know we've got that big game in Aztec on the 23rd. Here, here's the thing that I think will help out the U.S. when it comes to qualifying. And stay with me here. Costa Rica has to play Canada. If Canada is the best team, even at Costa Rica, Canada has either won or drawn. So if Canada can at least get a drawn, Costa Rica only gets a point that draws them even with Panama at the time. Now, Panama has Honduras in this round. Panama should win that one. You just never know. Again, now we jump, we jump to the game. I think every as as you kind of said, this is the win, make it or break a game. USA versus Panama. El Salvador hosts Costa Rica. Shouldn't be much of a problem. This is the round I think most of them should go. Costa Rica should win. Canada should win. U.S. should win. Asterisk. Mexico should beat Honduras even on the road. But here's the thing that I think will really help out USA fans, especially going to that last game. Yes, it's a toughie at Costa Rica. But the team that you're fighting for to get in has to play Canada. Panama at home versus Canada. Both the teams that are that the U.S. are fighting with to, to, to stay out of the qualifications both have a tough game in this group as well. So if, as long as they get a point in Mexico and beat Panama, they're in because I don't think Panama is going to beat Canada and I don't think Costa Rica is going to beat Canada. So it's a very interesting little – I mean, I'm kind of looking at it right there. So Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because – the, the USA and Panama and Costa Rica have always been very tough against each other. I mean, it's always been tough to go down to Panama and win. It's always been tough to go to Costa Rica and win. So I, I think that if if we can at least get draws in our away games, kind of like what I was saying, the, the typical CONCACAF formula, if we can do that, then we should be fine. If, if we drop points at home against Panama, then that's when we could be in some trouble. But yeah. – if we can at the very, very least get fourth, then we would play the Oceana 
representative in the in the intercontinental qualifier and in all certainty that would be new zealand mm -hmm. and now and if that's the case the u.s should be able to win that and get there but yeah. like i've said time and time again you never know sports are crazy definitely Let, let's jump let's jump from there um i i think i really want to talk about this really really quickly we, we're gonna have a tiny bit of a change in our podcast we, we've got some things coming up so i think we're gonna we're gonna hit the basketball section we're gonna save the nhl discussion for another time the aflw if you would like an aflw review please go to at fourth and long radio on the youtube please check out my review on this we, unfortunately my my co-host has got some friends coming over so we're gonna have to cut this podcast short so we're gonna do basketball crazy stuff that and get going really quickly let's just go through it this last saturday was was probably the craziest college basketball saturday i have ever seen indiana illinois connecticut villanova tennessee south carolina texas tech west virginia michigan versus purdue duke north carolina kansas baylor arizona usc gonzaga byu alabama kentucky arizona state ucla holy christmas eve i cannot believe all of these great games really quickly what are a couple of the games that that really caught your eye after on this last weekend's play because this was insane yeah, personally for me, I think the Big 12 blowouts. I mean, we had two ranked v. ranked matchups in the Big 12. We had Iowa State v. Texas, and we had Baylor versus Kansas, and both of these ended up being blowouts. I mean, Texas with a 22-point win over Iowa State, 61 to 63 to 41, and Kansas with an even bigger win, a 24-point win over Baylor, 83 to 59. So we're, we're seriously seeing dog eat dog within the Big 12, and, and it's really going to be interesting come tournament time to see how many losses all these different teams have because if we take a look at it right now yeah kansas on eight and two in conference baylor eight and three in conference texas tech seven and four kansas or texas seven and four so we got several teams that are vying for that top spot in the big 12 and if we're, we're just going to keep seeing more ranked v ranked matchups as we get further and further throughout the season but right now it's going to be very interesting to see how things get on in the big 12 for me yeah, definitely. For me, for me, the biggest one was that Kansas Baylor game. Baylor just did not show up. Kansas looked absolutely fantastic. And then the other theme for me was the upsets. Arizona State knocking off number three UCLA. Uh, Vanderbilt knocking off to number 25 LSU Rutgers, smacking down number 13 Michigan State. Texas beating Iowa State 23 over 20. Kansas beating Baylor 10 over 8. So a lot of upsets. And then I I have to say the best game of the round was one most people didn't even talk about. And that was Georgia nearly, nearly nipping at the time. Number one, Auburn 74, 72, an incredible game. Auburn gets a late basket, an absolutely insane finish to that game. So I, I think we haven't had a ton of marquee matchups since then a lot of matchups like we did have the kansas versus texas game where kansas drops again again kansas fighting away to win a game lose a game win a game lose a game and duke going at home at cameron indoor arena dropping a game to virginia that one shocked me for sure yeah definitely and then uh i'm gonna just pat myself on the back a little bit here and kind of do a little bit of ou fan tv but ou getting another top 10 win at home 70 to 55 over ninth ranked texas tech and a couple of other ones interesting from Wednesday. Rutgers, like you said, beating Ohio State. Seton Hall beating Xavier 73-71. to And then Tennessee getting a, a scrappy win over Mississippi State 72-63. to 
your beloved Gonzaga Bulldogs got another win, 89 to 51 over, over Pacific. And then the big one from last night, Michigan laying the smackdown on Purdue, 82 mm-hmm. to 58. That That's a big one for me. And then I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see coming into this weekend. We're going to have another really action packed weekend of basketball here. So I, I think just taking a look at the, the matchups this weekend, you got Oklahoma going to fog Allen to play Kansas, a tough game here with Memphis playing Houston. I think it's a tough one for Houston to go beat Memphis. It's going to be a very tough one. Uh, we got Marquette versus Butler at Hinkle Fieldhouse on FS1 is going to be a good one. The game basketball edition with Ohio state being visitors to Michigan and a very tough one at the Chrysler center for Michigan. And then to cap it off, we got St. Mary's versus Gonzaga and UCLA versus USC. These are all just on Saturday. I mean, Donnie, I know you're going to be watching that Gonzaga game, but any others that you're looking at going like, holy crap, this is a must-watch game. Well, Texas-Baylor. I know Texas Texas has had some interesting things, but again, Baylor, a team that's kind of been back and forth, and it's another great another great round. Uh, and to all the, the Gonzaga haters in the WCC, I thought it was a cupcake conference. St. Mary's is ranked 22nd, ladies and gentlemen. The, the WCC is not a cupcake conference. Gonzaga is beating these teams handily because they are starting to hit their stride I know Gonzaga TV, ladies and gentlemen, but I, I think if Chet Holmer continues to progress the way he is, he is going to be an absolute nightmare for teams. And it's hard not to argue that Southern California Derby between UCLA and USC should be an absolute dandy game on there. So, I, I mean, we'll, we'll go right to it. And, and um, we, we usually do Brad's crazy stats, but I want to throw this in really quickly. We have the Super Bowl. We don't talk NFL really, really quickly. Who do you got winning the Super Bowl? Rams, Bengals. Uh, well, this is this is a fun one because I, I don't really have allegiances either way. But the coach of Cincinnati is from Norman, Oklahoma. I was in Cincinnati <laughs> for the USA Mexico game earlier this year, so Cincinnati's been good to me this year. I'm going to go the Bengals here in a bit of an upset. I think it's going to be a tough one, but I'll, I'll go with the Bengals for for you, Donnie. Who you got? If you twist my arm, I will tell you I am a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I'm not an NFL fan at all, but if I had to pick an allegiance to an NFL fan, it is the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's just safe to say I had a little fist pump when the Bengals found a way to knock off Kansas City. I wasn't watching the game cheering. I was watching the game purely out of fun. So I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, my heart is for the Bengals. My head says the Rams. I think the Rams have just a little too much in this one. So again, we're cutting this short. So we'll go real quickly. Brad's crazy stat of the week. Well, it's funny. You were mentioning the Super Bowl because we've got a Joe, uh, a quarterback named Joe playing in the Super Bowl. And it's, it's quite, quite a coincidence that quarterbacks named Joe have made the Super Bowl nine times with the likes of Joe Namath, Montana, Flacco, Burrow, among others. And that is second that the name Joe is second behind quarterbacks named Tom who have been to the Super Bowl 10 times, all of them being one Tom Brady who has just recently retired from the NFL. And we, we can maybe talk about him another time, but we'll, we'll, I mean, we could go on and on about the craziness that has been the career of Tom Brady, but it'll be interesting to see how the matchup of Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford goes down in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic. Again, we, we hate to cut this short. We don't normally do it, but as I just, as I've discussed with my, uh, with my co-host, uh, he has some family coming over. So we're going to have to cut this a little bit short. 
Again, if you want to see AFLW highlights, please check out YouTube. Please check out youtube.com, fourth and long radio. I have my AFLW round review with media manager Brian Barish, an incredible chat with you, along with checking out my Aussie supporter series is another thing to go on. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. Brad, again, we hate to cut it short. Have a wonderful time. Please tell the family hello from me. Yeah, definitely. Sorry to have to cut the pod short tonight, but it's always fun to get to chat, chat sports for a little while. We got the internet up and working this week, so we finally got that going. So we'll hope to be back again next week with no te- technical difficulties just like this week. So it'll be very interesting, but we'll have to wait until then. So that will be our episode. We will hopefully again, barring no issues, be back next week.